This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, Recovering Lost Sheep. We should be concerned about and have a burden for people who are not connected to Christ. Nothing should stop us from sharing Jesus with others, especially with people who don't look like us and who don't live the way that we live. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Luke chapter 15, open your Bibles to Luke 15, and I want to read these first seven verses. These young people, uh, Sister Joy read the scripture so well, these young people are tremendous in leadership and ministry. I'm so, so very proud of them. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1, says this. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. I want to talk to you about recovering lost sheep. Somebody say recovering lost sheep. That's what I want to talk to you about for just a few moments. I am convinced, persuaded, convicted, challenged. Having traveled the world this past few weeks, having seen different things, different places. By the way, you can say what you want. I know this country has its problems, but there ain't no place like living in the United States of America. I'm grateful to call this country my home. But there's so many things that uh, I've been exposed to and saw, and maybe sometime in the future I'll have an opportunity to go into details about some of what I experienced and what I saw. Certainly some of, some of these places were not the first time I've been there, but some of the places were the first time I went. And yet, um, I came back today with a renewed passion and fervor for us to help reach people with the life-altering message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I am persuaded that Jesus changes lives. I'm, I'm persuaded, I'm convinced. I know beyond a shadow of first of all, what I know he did in my own life and, and what I've seen him do in other people's lives. But I've been places and seen people who were, were destitute and jacked up and tore up from the floor up and messed up people whose lives got transformed and changed by the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I am persuaded that I will not allow anybody or anything to halt or deter us from continuing the mandate that God has given to our church to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the assignments I have and what I feel God has called me to do in my life, God has exposed me to have the opportunity to interact with people who don't believe like I believe, 
who don't walk like I walk, live like I live, and God has given me the opportunity to share the love of Jesus Christ with them, to share the love of Christ with people who, who don't believe in the same God I believe in, who don't live the way that I live. God has given me the opportunity to show them what Jesus lives like, and guess what? God wants to use you to do the same thing. These scribes and Pharisees were disturbed and angry and mad with Jesus. Look at verse 2. It says, listen to them talking. They said, the scribes and Pharisees complained, saying, here's what their complaint was, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Look, look at them complaining that Jesus is hanging out with unchurched people. This is church people complaining about Jesus hanging out with unchurched people. I thought we ought to talk about that for a few moments because if the truth be told, some of you have isolated yourselves from lost people, have isolated yourself from people who don't live like you, look like you, walk like you, believe like you. And, and as a matter of fact, if you keep on listening and watching social media, they will have you counseling out people, uh, unfollowing people, disliking people, hating on people, but the love of Jesus ought to persuade us to engage people relationally so that we might have an opportunity to demonstrate what Jesus looks like to them. Y'all missed a great spot to say amen. Yeah, I had the privilege and opportunity to talk to some Muslims and talk to some Jews and spend some time with people who don't believe in Jesus. And yet, the power of the gospel has the, 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 the power to make people look at life differently if they have an encounter with Jesus. You know what I love about the Lord? Because, you know, while I was there, here's what I noticed. I noticed that Muslims have to pray a certain amount of times every day. And they have to face in a certain direction. Yeah, they, 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 they've got to gotta do, and guess what? I'm grateful that the God I serve does not allow me to have to be faced in any certain direction. I don't have to be in any certain position. I don't have to be on my knees. I don't have to be facing these. Y'all ain't got to say nothing. I can walk and talk to him. I can be, I can, it doesn't matter which way I'm facing. We serve a God who hears our faintest cry and will answer by and by. That's what he does. And I can share that truth with, with people who don't believe like me. Amen. And so what I wanted to talk about to you today, I'm, and I'll be finished when I get done, just when I get done. I got three weeks of un-Sunday preaching to get off of me here today. So, we're gonna be here for a while. Um, but I, I loved having the opportunity to, to interact with people who don't think like I do, who don't believe like I do, and to share the love of Christ with them. And, and I wanna talk to you today because you have people surrounding you right here in America who don't believe like you, think like you, walk like you, who need to know the Jesus that you are claiming to know. 
And my, and my, my struggle is, and, 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 and what I'm starting, and over in, in this passage, slow down, Pastor, slow down. In this 15th chapter of Luke, Jesus gives a series of parables to challenge us in our, in our living and how we live. And I'm not going to be able to do all three of these, and maybe over the next few Sundays I will. But I'm gonna, I want to talk about this first parable where he talks about a man who has a hundred sheep. And he says if he loses one sheep, he will leave the 99 to go and find yes, the one. Now, in, in, in normal circumstances and situations, that the economy of that doesn't seem to be straight. To leave 99 sheep to go and search for one. Why would you, do it? Why would you put at risk? Why would you put at risk the 99 to go get one? And yet, that's exactly what this man did in this parable. Jesus says, the man left the 99. He didn't just leave the 99. He left them in the wilderness. That's what it says. He, he, he will leave them in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. He won't come back till he finds it. And I wanted to spend some time talking about this because as we have reassembled and come back, I am concerned about the people who once were connected and once were involved and once were faithful and once were serving and once were participants in this ministry who for whatever reason have decided not to come back to church and yet I feel God has given us a burden, a responsibility. My assignment is to challenge us, challenge you, challenge myself that we need to go out and find the people that once were involved, once were faithful, once served, once once sat next to you in church, once was in your section, once sang in your choir, once served on your board, once was in your ministry, but now all of a sudden, they are nowhere to be found. I thought I should just talk to you about it for just a few moments. I thought I would challenge you today. I, this is the burden that God has placed on my heart that we have to, we, we need to, to leave the 99 and go find that one person. I'm just I'm asking you to find the one person that used to sit next to you every Sunday. Because, you know, y'all used to sit in the same spot. And you had the same people in your section at whatever service you went to. And you know that there's some people you ain't seen in your section since we've been back. And some of you, you know these people. You got their phone numbers. You got their email addresses. And my, my pressure, my assignment from God is to challenge you to go out and find these people. Well, I know you're saying, I know I recognize people have become comfortable with Bedroom Baptist Church. People have become comfortable with Kitchen Cathedral. People have become comfortable watching church on television. But I'm here to tell you there is nothing like actually being in the building. Do y'all hear what I'm saying to you today? There is nothing like being in the building. There's nothing like being rubbing shoulders and being uh, lifting our voices together and worshiping God corporately. That's nothing like feeling the anointing and the presence of God in a room filled with people with the same faith and the same belief and the same hope 
and the same confidence in the God that we serve. There ain't nothing like it. Somebody tell your neighbor, there ain't nothing like being in the building. It's powerful. It's anointed. It's, it's, it's chain-breaking. Chains are broken in environments like this. People are healed in environments like this. People are saved and delivered in environments like this. Lives are changed in environments like this. And I want to say, I want to say, I want to say to our inter internet and international people who are around the world. I, I was walking, listen, yo, I was walking in the mall in Dubai. And I heard somebody say, Pastor Jenkins, Pastor Jenkins. In Dubai. And these two sisters came up to me in Dubai and said, we watch you on the internet. And they said, we don't even live in Dubai. We're only here for six months. We live in Nigeria. And we saw you walking in the mall in Dubai. And they said, we had to stop you. Isn't that, a, isn't that something? We are the First Baptist Church of Glenard in the International. Why did I go down that path to tell y'all that? Yeah, international. Yeah, let me say to the international people, there's something powerful about worshiping corporately. Yeah, you're at your house with one or two people, it's okay. If you have no other choice, there's no other option. I understand. But I'm challenging our international people to, and not even just international, just even people that just don't live in the area. You can't come. I want to challenge you to, to get other people saved and connected with First Baptist in your arena. And if you do, don't clap yet. Wait till I finish what I'm saying. Then I want you to clap. Once you get a, a, a healthy number of people in that one community, if you all agree, where is it? Which camera I'm at? Here, right here. If y'all agree, if you agree to worship together, First Baptist will buy you a television or a big screen or a computer, and we will help you set up an environment for you to worship corporately together. Yes, we will. Because there's something special. There's something powerful. There's something great. The Bible says don't forsake the gathering together, the getting together. There's something spectacular. God loves it when people get together. God loves Bless you, bro. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. There's something spectacular about getting together and being around the other saints of God that God moves in spectacular ways. The anointing falls. People get right. People get delivered. People get saved. When you get in a corporate gathering, there's something special about it. And I want to make that, I want to make that charge. But I, I'm, I'm talking here about this man said that man, if he loses one, will leave the 99 
and go after the one. Why would he leave the 99 to go after one? You know why? Because he values the one. God thought enough about you when, when you were in your jacked up situation, living the way you were living, doing what you was doing. Some of y'all were in the, in the club, in some places you had no business doing, and the Holy Ghost came and convicted you in your sinful ways, and you began to have a hunger and a thirst to get your life right, and the Holy Ghost convicted you to bring you back to the place you're supposed to be. I wish I had a praying crowd with me here today. And I'm trying to tell somebody here today that God values you. That's why he would leave the 99 to come after you, because he loves you, he cares about you. You are special to him. God, I don't know who I'm preaching to. Somebody needs to hear what I'm telling you. I don't care how low you have been, how long you have been, how sinful you have been, how nasty you have been, how, it doesn't matter what your past has been, we serve a God who loves you in spite of your nasty self. Look at your neighbor and say, you know you're nasty, you're nasty, you're nasty. No matter how jacked up you are, there's a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins that when sinners plunge beneath that flood, they will lose all their guilty stain. He will come after you no matter how far you are. He'll leave the 99 and come after one. You are valuable to him. And you know why you are valuable? Because you have a purpose, you have an assignment, you have a destiny, you have a gifting, you have a purpose that God has assigned for your life and he cannot accomplish his purposes until you get in the place you're supposed to be and do what you're supposed to do and be what you're supposed to be. He can't get his kingdom accomplished until you get in place and do what you are called to do. You're valuable. Tell your neighbor, you're valuable to him. Look at that on the, on the other side. Say, you're valuable to him. And, and there's some people who, who once were a part of this ministry who have defected. And my assignment is to challenge you to do part. My, here's my second point. Go after them. Here's what the text says right here in verse number uh, Four, it says, he says he'll, he'll leave the 99 and go after the one which is lost. Yeah. And I want to challenge you to have a go after spirit. Let me say that again. I want to challenge you to have a go after spirit. An attitude to go after those persons. Reach after them. Go after them. Do whatever you have to do to get a hold with them. Connect them. Challenge them. Pray for them. Appeal to them. Call them. Email them. Uh, uh, text them. Or do whatever you need to do to go after them. Say go after. Go after. I'm, I'm praying that God would release a go after spirit in this church, a go after attitude. Uh, I, don't just be content that you're here. Don't get satisfied. M matter of fact, hold on, slow down, slow down. I feel tension in the room. Because I want y'all to think about that one person who God is bringing to your mind right now. 
and make a commitment, I'm going after that person. I'm going to go get that person. I'm going to reach after that person. Because God wants us to have a go-after attitude to go get them. Tell your neighbor, go after, go after, go after. And then when you, when you go after them, here's what he does. Look at verse, look at verse, uh, 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 verse number five. It says, and when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders. When he finds it, when he finds that lost sheep, he picks the sheep up and puts it on his shoulder to carry it. I'm tell, here's what I'm challenging you to do. Here's my third point here today. I'm telling you that after you have that go after spirit, do whatever it takes to bring the person back. Y'all didn't hear me. Is the mic working? I think the mic went out. Uh, something, I think, is, is it up? Is it turned on? Because they didn't say nothing to me on that point. You sure it's working? They said nothing. I, I made a profound point and challenged them to have a go after spirit and told them to do whatever it takes to get that person back. Think about what God had to do to get your behind back here. Think about the doors God had to open and the people he had to arrange for him to come and get your behind. <laughs> I almost slipped up and said something like I said a couple weeks or a few weeks ago before I left. But I'm trying to stay straight here today. Are y'all listening to me here today? You, you, you got, you got to have, do whatever it takes. If you need to drive by and pick them up yourself. They got quiet again on me on that point right there. Why do you think God gave you a new car so that you could just let it sit in front of your house for you to wash it? No. He gave you the car so you could go out and have a go-after attitude and pick up some people who need Jesus, who need to be in the house, who need to get the word, who need to be delivered, who need to be saved, who need to get right, who need to have their lives turned around, who need to be filled with the power and presence of God. Woo! God Almighty, help us release a go-after spirit in the house of God. Let me get down from here. Let me get back here for somebody give me COVID down there. Let me come back up here. Oh, hold up. I feel tension in the room. Somebody said, well, I, I, I don't think people are coming back to church because they don't want COVID. Let me, let me say something here for a minute. While I was overseas, the malls were filled. Huh? The plane. I flew back 15 hours from Saudi Arabia and every, almost every seat was taken. I watched the NBA playoffs and the arenas are packed. The grocery stores are packed. Yeah, yeah, that's not a reason for you not to come back to the house of God where you will get a word that will transform your life, where you will get connected with other people who believe in the same God that you believe in, and you can get an infusion of the power and presence of God to break every chain in your life and to release the shackles in your life. I'm trying to tell you, have a go after spirit. Go get them and do whatever it takes to bring them back home. 
Tell your neighbor, have a go-after spirit. Tell them on the other side, have a go-after spirit. And do whatever it takes. If you got to go pick them up, if you have to pay for an Uber to go pick them up, go get them. Because God came and got you. He found you wherever you were. And he came and got you. And he wants you to go and get somebody else and bring them back. And then you know what it says? I'm almost finished. The and he, sent, he spent three verses, five, six, and seven. I'm almost finished. Can I have five more minutes? How about 10? How about 15? Can I take 20? Y'all lying. Y'all don't mean that. And when he has found it, look at, look at this, verse 5. He lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends, neighbors, saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. I found somebody that was lost. I say to you that likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Here, here's what God is saying. Here's what Jesus is telling us. That God gets so excited that when one person comes and gets right with God, all of heaven stops what they're doing, puts on their dancing shoes, and starts dancing and celebrating when one sinner gets saved. Oh, I wish I had a praying crowd. When one person gets right, when one person gets reconnected with God, when one person's life gets turned around, when one person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, when one person makes that choice, all of heaven shouts. And I'm here to tell you that that's the same attitude that we have to have. We got to rejoice when one person who's jacked up, tore up from the floor up, turns their lives around, turn their life around. When they turn their life around and turn toward Jesus, we ought to shout and give God the glory and give God the praise. Whoa, I wish I had somebody who believed like me. And I believe that there's somebody here today in this building right now who needs their life transformed, who needs the shackles to come off. And my assignment is to tell you, if you come right now, Jesus is going to change your life, and we are going to shout and celebrate. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. God will come after you no matter how far away from home you've drifted. Chains are broken, people are healed, and lives are changed in gatherings of believers. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.